Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and the sea is open for you at every table. Let's get back to the story, shall we, my friends? Last time on Hotel Hell. My name is Reverend Rebnash. There was supposedly um, a priest who was going to be sold the hotel. I myself unfortunately do not have any idea about this story. You should know that uh, we had a small incident with Martin. Uh, according to him, he said that their, um, the work of um, the work of devil was there. I, I'm gay. On the reflection of the of the window where what you see is the face of a, a gaunt man. God, I must be wiped. Boom. What the, there's no smell anymore. I must be going crazy. You just stay there and yeah. just chill. Okay. Doesn't question it at all. Just cool. he's so chill. <laughs> he's like reminded of this movie. <laughs> this reminds me. Exactly. Of, exactly. I don't know. I can't think of one. I was going to say the city, but I don't know if that would. Yeah, that's my thing. I'm trying to think of movies that were out before 2006. Let's say The Shining. Yeah. True. The Shining. This is this is like a Kubrick movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just like The Shining. I'm in a, a hotel. <laughs> Bro, was that a hotel like in The Shining? Bro, was that a Shining reference? <laughs> Is this a Stanley Kubrick reference? We cut the scene to the creaking of the, of the wooden steps. Ramirez leading with, uh, even though there is like a very temporary kind of like lighting here made by the construction workers. He still has a, a, a torch light. And he goes like, watch your step as you go into the water. Julian does not want to watch his step. He wants to fly down the stairs. But yeah, like uh, he goes down to you and there's the splash. The water goes all the way to like at least like a foot above your ankle. And it completely submerges your uh, completely submerges your foot. But then, as you see, the the cellar is big. It's actually quite big. And you see that on immediately to your right, this on the cellar there is what seems to be a water closet of sorts. Uh, just one toilet and then sink. And that's it. Um, on the far end, uh, Ramirez points that out to you that that must have been some sort of like log storage he describes it to you that he found all that wood because that would be part of the of the junk that he made the guys take it out so there's no more wood there but he described it that it was and then on the other end you see that there is like brick of a somewhat different color like all of the bricks here are red this one is a little bit more brownish as if it was made of some sort of material. And then he goes, um, you can see here on the top that there is the, the plumbing that could not um, hold the weight of stuff going through it and it did torn and that's why he found out. But also because there is this fake wall here and this fake wall is doing a little bit of leverage in a piece of the, in a piece of the, uh, of the pipe. 
so the pipe is kind of like leveraged in a way that it put more pressure in one side of the pipe than the other and that caused the pipe to burst a long time ago. It's important to say though is this and then as he brings you closer there is like almost like a hole onto the wall and as he brightens up the place with the ray of the torchlight you see what seems to be some sort of painting behind the wall and he goes it's paint you can see here that there's like an arm painted onto the thing and then there's like a, a little bit of a terrain underneath it so i think somebody painted some sort of like mural here but um i don't know why they didn't just wash it off and they decided to build a whole wall to block it you can see that there's like a good like 15 centimeters a difference of space between the wall and this and on the other side it's completely dry it's not there it doesn't seem to have like it's not like there's much space for stuff anyway but we could check it out more tomorrow open up more to see what it is it's just adding up to the weird stuff in this hotel really can i see the mural or only a small piece you see just a small piece angling the, the torchlight you can see a little bit more it seems to be at least one panel out of many because the colors differentiate out of what you can see you can't in the angle that you are seeing through this hole you can't really discern specific shapes but you do see the different colors being reflected by the torchlight but on this part at least you just see like an arm and some sort of like background with buildings okay uh yeah we should definitely check this out i mean could be something historical could be something weird i agree i don't see why they would build a wall in front of it but uh this wall either way this wall needs to come down because it's messing with the plumbing yep. uh but i would say uh i'll leave this for filming and then also leave the blocked room upstairs for filming uh tomorrow we'll, we'll get to that we'll start upstairs and we'll i'll tell them about the one in the basement we'll do this one too all right uh, yeah we can do that where uh, do you want me to put the bricks back um so you can have some sort of like I know that Scott likes flares of reveals so like we can have some sort of like yeah I'd say I put the bricks back as well just to also sort of make sure no water damage gets into the mural it looks beautifully preserved so yeah I guess so and they they did that correctly I guess and uh, you got he starts to put some of the rocks back and he said all right put it over here do you can you grab it with me and stuff yeah he'll start helping and with that it cuts to the door of the office being open because harper and scott just entered you guys do see the door to the basement open too but I don't know if you guys think too much about it because you have all that paperwork. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of focusing on yeah. the paper. I kind of want to like do library use, but yeah. like for maybe a more extended time. Okay. Yeah, same. All right. And what are you guys seeking? Um, kind of what we were doing earlier about the 1924 to 25, looking for the JS. Okay. With that in mind, you do your roll. It doesn't take too long for you to start getting like into it. Oh, yeah, that's finally a good roll. Yeah, that's a hard success. Did you fail? This is so bad. It's an A6. Um, just fine. can I push the roll? How would you like to push the um, roll? So, probably because, like, it's a whole disaster and Scott's brain kind of doesn't function when he's working and messes. He's probably just gonna, like, you know, start organizing. Yeah. 
Okay. Like, like then start looking. organizing and then, yeah. Yeah, and then start looking. Start to look. See if that helps. No worries. You start going through some of this stuff. And you, as you're helping out, you stay there for a little bit. You get tired. So you go like, you know what? I'm going to do this tomorrow. You're going to go get some coffee. And you just step out. Harper stays, decides to stay. And that doesn't take too long until Harper sees uh, both Ramirez and Julian stepping out of the basement as she is going through this paperwork. Oh, hi. Hey. Hi. What are you guys doing down there? Oh, we were uh, just checking some stuff out with the plumbing. Uh, there, there might be the reason why it was flooded down there. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna do a psychology <laughs> right <laughs> now. Uh, what would oh, I do who? to be lying? Him. Okay, on Ramirez. How dare you? The weakest link. <laughs> I know, right? I have actually really good, like, deception. Aha, uh-huh, no, that's absolutely terrible. You know what? Terrible. I'm gonna do a contested role. I wouldn't even bother, man. Oh. That's an absolute fail, and I ain't even pushing it. So how much do you get? 96. Yep, uh, he passed. Ramirez is a very interesting character in the sense that he is monotone. So, like, he doesn't really express much. Yeah. So when he just says, yep, yep, you could see him, like, oh, honey, do you want more, more, like, coffee? And he goes, yep, yep. Or a person goes, hey, you need more work done here. Are you okay with doing that? And he goes, yep, yep. Yeah, it's all the same. He's a dad. Yeah. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. You can so see in your mind that doesn't matter the situation. That can be a, a natural response of his. Uh, tomorrow, uh, on top of filming us uh, breaking down the wall upstairs, as well as some other things, we wanted to film some stuff in the cellar as well. So uh, you'll see everything in the cellar tomorrow morning. Well, we have to go down where it's flooded. Well, it's not. We'll, we'll have boots. It's not. It's only flooded a little bit. All right. Yeah, most sure. of it's been drained. Yeah. That's good, I guess. Uh, we'll just keep working here. You guys are investigating or looking around the office? Yeah, we're organizing things and looking for uh, J.S. Yeah, I might uh, help out as well. I've I've done a lot of research and organizing through old documents in my day as well, so uh, I can help out. Yep, yep. I'm gonna go get a room. All right, well, good night. Good night. Yes. And he steps up. Uh, Scott probably come back from having coffee now, and he's just gonna continue, like, trying to sort out what's junk and what's good. No? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, no worries. Uh, you go like, hey guys, I got coffee, what do you want? And the coffee trips and goes into a pile of documentation. Well, that's great. Then you see the paper literally dissolving. Maybe you should, like... I don't know, like, go prepare for tomorrow? Yeah, I should probably go and do that. You I'm... should go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine, it's okay. It's okay, there's a lot to get done. Go prepare tomorrow. Now we just have more trash to deal with, so I don't have to go through that pile at all. But saved work. It's just really old paper. It's just old paper. It didn't even didn't even matter. Just don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
Scott goes somewhere else. <laughs> drink the other half Hello, of darkness, my old friend. Question. Mm. I just figured that Scott would have a Zune based off of the hero. So he's listening to his Zune. It's cute. Valid. Yeah. He goes, he picks a room and goes listen to Zoom. Oh, um, he had a bad day. Oh, yeah. Thank you, my <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> His depression playlist. He puts the, the CD. Yeah. How could this happen to me? Oh, the old 2000s. Yeah. All, right, all right, let's go. You guys spend some time. You help out a little bit, Julian. Uh, but most of the work is quiet as you guys are going through until what Harper finds. Uh, luckily, it was not on one of those ledgers, although unfortunately, the ledger that was dissolved by the coffee was that of 1925. Uh, a little bit of 1925-1926. Although, in 1924, Harper does find, luckily, a piece of documentation that gives her a little bit of hope. In that documentation, sorry, I don't have a handout for this. Wow! My it's immersion! Just, my immersion is broken! Wow. Actually, surprise, I have a whole ledger for you for you to go for. <laughs> you, paint, you like printed out like this entire book. Ledger. Just to go Realism! Exactly, yeah. Go do your library use here. <laughs> You find it that in 1924, in late June, an individual, and it was the only one in that month, that fits this description. Because it was written as name, occupation, and how long they paid for. So, in name, it was Johan Schilzel. Johan. How do you spell the last name? S-H- Oh, sorry. S C H I E G L. Schiegel? Schiegel. Or Schiegel. It's German. Schiegel. Johann Schiegel. Johann Schiegel. This individual is a German artist that decided to take lodging in 1924 and he paid an equivalent to a year's worth. Unfortunately, as this documentation is very old, some of it is smudged. So, although there is a section for notes, this part is kind of like smudged out due to that prolonged time and aging. And I guess you can show it to Julian if you want. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I think I found someone, an artist who stayed here for pretty much like a year. Well, the dates match the paintings. Yeah. And he, because he stayed a year, it would make sense that his paintings would. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was inspired by yeah. this place. Does the name uh, Johan Schiegel anything with the occult? I'm gonna use the same role that you did before. No. No. Okay. In terms of the occult things like that, uh, he's not a familiar name to me. I could call my son and see if he can't go to the library and uh, look around some of the old uh, art books and see if he can't find for me. Um, name like that there's no library here so yeah i mean that that could work i think maybe if that's not a bother oh no it, it gets the kid out the house what's dinging something permeates the sound echoes as out of nowhere a bell rings oh um, can i look towards where the bells were sure you look and all the bells are still until after breathless moments 
Rule number seven. Rings. I knew he was gonna say number seven. The number of God. Could that be some sort of weird, like, malfunction with the old... Or the wind? I don't know what, could, how this works. It, I don't, I don't know how could, these bell things work. It could be the wind. Um, we don't know if room seven has a broken window. We don't know maybe, if... Maybe the wind is coming in and it's making the thing go. Well, this this string is attached like through the walls. We don't know if a rat's pulling on it. Maybe a rat. Maybe a rat's eating it. I wouldn't worry too much about it, Harper. Don't worry. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's all gonna be fine. It's all gonna work out. This is gonna be a nice, nice place. Nothing creepy, nothing scary, nothing spooky. We need to remove those bells immediately. Yeah, maybe we can just take some scissors and cut them all. We don't, they don't, we don't really do that anymore, do we? Do these? No, you use phones. Yo, I have a question. Um, I can't see it on the map, but just, um, is there a dumb waiter in this hotel? You guys did not see any of the rooms, any of them waiters. Okay. Well, you know what? I think I'm gonna go to bed. I'm gonna go outside and, you know, get away from the rats and the wind and the dead raccoons yeah. and all that. Well, have a good night. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'll call my son in the morning and see if he can't look around for Mr. Uh, Johan. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. Uh, have a good night. All right. Uh, you have a good night as well. Harper just jumps out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I run like. As soon as I like probably like, close the door and then I'm like speed out. <laughs> yeah, um, Julian is gonna he's gonna take the like the ledger that has this information about Johan and he'll go upstairs and he'll do some writing on his book before going to sleep. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. You take those inf- that information and you prepare yourself to go to sleep. But as you do so, you decide to spend as much time as you can. Working on this, you know, trying to be prolific on your research. Before you go to sleep, though, you prepare yourself, seems to be the best, a cup of water. Something that will calm you down. Then you prepare to go to sleep. You check on the other people just to be safe. You kind of do that every now and then. But it gets to a point that finally you're going to lay down your bed and go to sleep. Uh, everybody else has gone to sleep too, right? Or I yep. I yeah. Have. yeah, I have. Scott's zonked out in his thermals. He found plastic bags. Oh, <laughs> update. Update on his life. And he's also wearing his mittens tonight because he feels a little bit colder. Uh, Julian, <laughs> do for me a power check. The rut row. What's your power row, bro? Sixteen. <laughs> it's one of my higher stats. So it's all right. It's not the best. Well, I got. I failed. Uh, Harper, you sleep. I'm outside. Yes, I know. So is so is Scott. Scott <laughs> is nearby. Sleep. <laughs> as soundly as you can. The kind, calm night helps. I definitely have taken like my anxiety medication before I go to bed. <laughs> you do that too. Any helps, but. The dream comes. Uh, you sound like a car. <laughs> Explain to me what would be a place of familiarity. Well, there's a there's a couple places. There's very familiar place to Harbor. I mean, there's two that come to mind. There's the place that she worked, which is the Waddling Duck Inn, or there is the her stables. Where, like, that her grandmother owned, which is called Briarwood Stables. 
Those are the two places that she'd be most familiar with. On the inn, you have this hallway that is a hallway towards the second floor garbage chutes. Something that you have done multiple times as you're helping clearing out the place. You know, sometimes the place got understaffed, so although not necessarily your job, you had had to help with some of the other responsibilities. And sometimes some of those responsibilities is to go and clear out some of the rooms. And you find something. This thing is equivalent to like a doll. But not even one of those creepy dolls. It's just like one of those things that be a Barbie doll or something like that. Somebody, some kid has lost it. And there's a lot of screaming outside. Almost like if there was some sort of like rally or protest. Something like that. But angry people. Angry, angry. You don't say anything. It's kind of dark. Can't really take shapes. But your your mission is clear. You have to bring this doll to the shoot. It's not here. It's not. It's not belongs to the place. And this kid will never see this. I doll. mean, I think I would probably want to actually take it to a lost and found. You guys don't have one. No. In this dream, specifically, you don't have it. It's one of those weird things that, like, in the dream, makes no sense. I'm Gonna, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. My character has attachment issues. Just, she wouldn't want to throw it out. It's okay. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Who's out the doll? That's that's what you were told to do, and that's your job. But who said that you have to throw it out? I'm not gonna throw it out. I'm not gonna take it to the trash. I have attachment issues. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So what are you doing instead? Well, I have garbage to take out still, don't that's, I? That's the only one. That's the, you have done all the other garbage in your dream, oh. and now you only have this doll. If I have to take the doll, then I'm like, I'm not gonna throw it out. I'm gonna go take it to the staff room where I can put it in my locker or some shit. My bring it to the. I have attachment issues. You bring it to the. Um, Sorry, I ruined. To you. the staff room. No, no, no. There's no rocking that's wrong with that. I'm just saying that's that's kind of in my like personality trait. No, no, no. Yeah, it's okay. You can do that. <laughs> um, and you go to the staff room. You go down the stairs because you are in the second floor. Yeah. And as you go down the stairs towards the office, the back room office, uh, you feel like the thermostat just became very hot. I didn't turn that up. You remember that there was an old man, and although he's not even a tenant, he's just an old man that likes to slay on the lounge. He loves to go to the thermostat and change it, rank it up. But, like, you think it's him again? Like, you're uncomfortable. It's really, really hot in here. Yeah, can I stomp towards where the nearest like thermostat would be to try to change it back? Unfortunately, this is one of those cases where there was only one thermostat for the entire room. So you go there. There's no old man. And there's no thermostat. There is a hole for the thermostat, but there's no thermostat in it. Mm-hmm. But things just get even hotter and hotter. And what do you else what what else do you do? I'm just, if I can't change the temperature, I'm still gonna go to the staff room real quick. Because I want to get this doll to the safe place. Right, then you go to the staff room, uh, just behind the counter. And as you open the staff room, the heat wave hits you first. As you see the lockers in complete flames burning. 
the flames are so intense that the metal seems to be changing in color. You look behind you then because there's fire inside of your uh, inside of your workplace, and now there is flames from the open windows behind you as the windows are breathing in the flames indoors and the smoke is becoming the roof and the place is becoming a furnace and you are hyperventilating it's hard to breathe and you are burning up and in these weird last moments what do you do i probably like like just kind of sit and curl up with the doll <laughs> and just accept my horrible fate you close your eyes as the temperature gets to unimaginable heights until you wake up in the morning I mean, I'm wondering, is the reason why you're picking on me, Pedro, is because I've always had characters survive Call of the Dulu. Is that the reason? It was like, not this time. Not this time. Not this time. <laughs> this time, this time you will not if live. If your character survives, Pedro's just going to be like, and then you got shot on your way to the no, train or, station. You know, even worse, it's going to be like, all of your friends die. Well, guess what time it is. It's time for Kat's character to run away again. <laughs> wow. You wake up and around the same time that everybody else wakes up. What are you guys doing this morning? Well, I'm gonna probably see if Scott's awake and yeah. then probably get breakfast. Yeah. The, the team. When Harper arrives, Scott is just finishing off his makeup. Before you do that, uh, can I ask you to roll a luck roll for me? Me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Succeed? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you wake up normally and you're having like a good time and you start drinking uh, the water that you have on a bottle beside you and you start preparing for your morning routine as you go put foundation on and and then you hear the uh, rustling outside of your tent and, and it's Harper's voice. I awkwardly knock on the tent <laughs> like on the tent fabric which is like really awkward because it doesn't make a sound it's just like you just kind of probably see the hand so i'm just like um uh scott are, are, are you awake uh yes harper i am you're uh, not cold are you no not really the uh the bag trick worked i'll yeah. be in just a moment like what about you guys what do you guys what do you guys do yeah, he probably just he probably just wakes up, uh, gets yeah, just same as you guys. Like this is morning routine. Goes and gets breakfast. Watches a movie. Exactly. He has to watch Kubrick. <laughs> I don't know. He's got like a mini. He probably brought like one of those early two thousands like DVD players like that the ones you like put the portable. In, like, your car. <laughs> no, there was like portable ones you could bring. I had one of those as a kid. Yeah. And it was like a little binging. <laughs> you have your stack. DVDs? No, a case DVDs. Time to watch The Phantom Menace. <laughs> um, Julian is probably, um, when he wakes up, he's gonna use the satellite phone to try to call his son. You open your eyes. Yeah, you go for the satellite phone and you make the phone call. In, like, it's horrible quality. Horrible, horrible quality. But you get through 
you talk to your son. Your son is bored. You're just calling your son like, hey, can you go to the library and do some research for me? You're better with computers. You're bored? <laughs> well, do I have something for you? <laughs> yeah. Do that parent thing where they're like, oh, if you're bored, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Well, here's some chores. <laughs> 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 it's like, that doesn't make me not I forgot Julius was a walrus. <laughs> the Animal Crossing character. <laughs> it's a Saturday, so you guys are like, yeah, can you do it? And he was like, really? I was thinking of seeing like a, a few friends of mine and hanging out. But He'll tell him that if he's busy like seeing friends, he doesn't have to do it today. Um, he just asks him like, oh, if you have a free day, like do it. Um, he's like, like, oh give you some extra money to like do some nice things with your friends like he'll e-transfer him some money so can't that he e-transfer can... wasn't the thing to do that really him some money. God, <laughs> I didn't know that okay Jeez. well he'll Privilege tell him, him some he'll money. tell him where he can find some extra money <laughs> in the house and then yeah and then he'll ask him like if you have the chance um, write down the name Johan Schiegel like oh research a little bit at the library blah 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 and then yeah and then he'll like check up on him and be like okay like love you son and he goes yeah love you too dad I'll do that dad. yeah teenage things exactly <laughs> and he doesn't even say I love you he goes okay dad okay dad let me alone yeah so far away it's still bothering me <laughs> yeah literally uh, but yeah like um you finish your conversation, you're solo over. I cannot express to you how, like, you didn't think that making a phone call was going to make you tired, but, like, man, you're exhausted. Almost as if you didn't sleep at all. Julian's gonna be like, well, maybe I can pop in, like, a 30-minute actual nap. So he's gonna, like, put an alarm for, like, 30 minutes and sleep in. Um, as... I imagine we're coming in to, inside to eat. Um, I'm gonna pop by the office to try to look for uh, the key for Roy's room. Roy's room, yeah. Do you want me to do a spot hidden no, no. for that? Uh, in one of the drawers, there's extra keys, and yes, you are able to find the key for the thing. Um, and then I'll probably try to find Roy to give the key. Alright, you do so. And with that, uh, you find Roy in his room and he has a mini a mini DVD player <laughs> and headsets on. Oh, he's like he's like huddled up on the bed. Exactly. <laughs> and so you have to go into his camp of vision. Yeah, I mean I knock. I knock first. So no. It I'm takes a few moments. I hope he hears me. But then you knock harder. Do you listen? And then you <laughs> listen, Roy. I know. Well, not that stupid. <laughs> He's got his big giant headphones He's got on. His 2006 earmuffs in. <laughs> what movie are you watching, Roy? Was the Sixth Sense out in 2006? Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching that. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I knock. Hi. Um, oh. Right. Yeah, what's up? You can come in. Uh, I open the door and I, I got you your key. Ah, oh, thanks. Awesome. He's gonna um, shuffle the thing, get is, up and take yes, the key. Is, is that a DVD player? Yeah, yeah. Brought it, brought it from home. Uh, 
I like to I like to watch some of the classics when I'm when I'm out on on a gig. Oh, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching uh, Sixth Sense. It's this movie by M Night Shyamalan. Uh, it's it's just really good movie. It's all about well, I can't really spoil the ending because like that kind of ruins the whole thing. But it, it's basically about this kid who can see dead people, and like he's very he's like he's weird because like nobody really believes him even though he saw something really traumatic. Uh-huh. And, like, it's it, yeah, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe I would, maybe I would, I don't know, maybe I'll watch it. But, uh, yeah, we're, everyone's having breakfast, so if you want to come, you can, welcome to, or you're welcome to keep watching your Shyamalan movie. Yeah, I'll come down for some breakfast, sure. So you guys gather around the dining table to make some breakfast. Lynn is already there. She made her way there uh, while you guys were preparing, and... She, like, she didn't use the stove. She actually uh, prepared with, like, the portable stove that she brought. And uh, she actually liked the, the, the flavor of the beans she made yesterday. So she heated up again on the campfire. And then she brought it up to you guys. And everybody's sitting there. Uh, it's been enough time for 30 minutes. So you, Julian, would have gone down. He probably looks a little rough, even though he's, like, done his best to make himself look awake. Hey, boss, you look tired. <laughs> uh, knew bad I didn't sleep very well. Uh, a lot of coffee, I suppose. Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. Can I psychology that? Because <laughs> well, I look... You look very tired. What would I... What would I... Am I lying? Are you contesting in some way? You... Yeah, if you want to hide it. I guess, yeah. What would I roll? Uh, do a contested deception roll or like fast talk because you're trying to act like you're good right so mm, oh I failed like I failed really hard I got 96 I passed with a regular success okay so you discern that Julian is doing his best to upkeep the idea that he is fine when he clearly is Exhausted, like he has slept thirty minutes worth. Exhausted, but genuinely he thinks that everything's fine. Was the bedding really that bad? Oh yeah, it was old. It smelled like dust, and then I'm used to sleeping in my own bed. I I always kind of have trouble sleeping when I travel, so. I see. I mean, you could always try sleeping outside. It kind of seemed like you slept a little bit better. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I might really paying attention yesterday. I, I but... might try it. Uh, but I'll be fine. Uh, I got a hold of my uh, son. He's busy today, but he'll uh, he he uh, he'll make some time tomorrow to uh, try to do some research on the uh, name we found. Awesome. Thank you. You'll have to thank him for us. Yeah, I, I will. Um, Lynn is kind of like putting some of the makeshift, not makeshift, but uh, like those portable containers for you guys to eat the beans and some of the stuff that she made for you guys. She goes, has anybody seen Ramirez? Mm, not today. Oh, no, I, I haven't seen him yet, but he's a usually an early riser. Uh, what did he say? What um, uh, room he was going to be in? Well, he didn't. He didn't take any keys from me, so. I think he was on room eleven or something. But uh, I can go check up on him. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's just that I haven't seen him yet, and I even went outside. So like, I think he's still in his room or something. I'll go wake him up. He might just be tired. 
as she has like a that kind of like pot of beans on her, you guys are scared by this sudden against the window. As out of the corner of your eye, you guys saw like something hit the window and fall. Who has the best mm. spot hidden? Bye. Probably. No. Dude, your car noises. <laughs> Fast and Furious family, family, family. I think it's you. Um, I have seventy-four. I have fifty. Uh, why is it always me? I am a. You this, see too this much. This is a call out for me always picking spot hidden to be really high. I have an eighty-five. It's highest. Okay. Uh, you're pretty sure that you saw like a. Uh, a shadow hit the window and fall. You don't know what it is. I think a bird might have hit the window or something there. Do you want me to go and look? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to go. With you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Julian's right. like, I'll oh, go too. He's I'll like, stay and have coffee. Was this yeah. after you left or is this before? Uh, well, how, just now. Oh, okay. Just yeah, Julian. As we were talking, Julian about is like, yeah, I'll go up. <laughs> yeah, so you're okay. going up to yeah check on Rose. All right, yeah, no, I'm staying here. Yeah. Sure. Enjoy the coffee. So you guys, <laughs> you guys, uh, go outside. Hey, Roy, you got the camera, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. always. <laughs> <laughs> he takes out the camera ready as always. Just like one of those like video game characters, yeah. you just select camera and appears. It's like, a, it's like a Grand Theft Auto, just... <laughs> yeah, literally, you just... Or across your back tool. and pull it out. You come out, and yeah, there is what seems to be a raven that is stone-like on the ground. Oh. Let's go get a closer yeah. look. Yeah, I don't know if we should film this. It's kind of in bad taste. Yeah. As these two are looking at the raven that hit the window, can I go upstairs to Ramirez's room? Deciding while Lynn stays with... We're having a nice coffee date and talking about exactly. food because uh, we're both food. good at cooking. And she mentioned like, yeah, no, it's good. I, I'm not that much of a cook, but... Uh, I think you, you want to talk really well. If you want to talk about food, there's this one of the workers called Peter. He's crazy about food. It's so good. And he apparently likes to travel so he can test different foods. He's He probably wouldn't have a good suggestion or two. I'll, I'll try to talk to him. And, and you guys have this conversation. Continuing with the Raven stuff, you guys are talking about how it might not be a good idea to watch it, to record it, when you guys feel like a from above and when you guys look above there's like at least five different ravens and crows kind of like circling three of them perched on to the top of the uh, of the roof while two others are circling and then another one goes into there and the other one circles back you know? yeah, I think that's a bad omen I mean a group of crows is called a murder of crows yeah and uh, as Julian steps up to the second floor, or to the first floor, I guess. Um, you make your way to the 11th, um, the 11th room. And when you get close, as you're going to like knock on it and say like, hey, Ramirez, uh, are you okay? Uh, you hear rustling. From inside the room? Yeah. 
Can I listen? Roll listen. Sure, sure. Um, listen. Oh, my listen is not very good, but we'll figure this out. Listen. This is this flew, <laughs> so I'm gonna re-roll this. Um, no. You push it. You could use luck. I would have to use all my luck. Um, push it. You know what? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna knock on the door. So when you knock on the door. Hey, Ramirez. No answer. Did I knock harder? Yeah, you knock harder, and still no, no change. Um, can I try to listen again? Sure, yeah. Go right ahead. Um, that actually would be more like a push throw. So how would you push that? I'll get down on my hands and knees, and like <laughs> s- try to stick my ear like right underneath the slit of the door. All right, so go for the push roll. Uh, no, I still failed. I got a 60. Oh. All right, so as you fail, you go closer to the bottom of the door, and with it, you have this sudden encounter. As from the very opening, the very small opening of the door, you see this spider, this thin-legged spider, obsidian black in color, with a very small red marking. And it jumps on you. And you feel a prickle. Oh, Jesus. And, and like you, you swat it out of your face as fast as possible. You don't know if you hit it or not. But then, like, as you take one point of damage. I was gonna say, can I roll brawl? Just like start fist fighting the spider. <laughs> roll initiative to fist fight a spider. And you die because this is Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. As you do that, like, it takes a few moments. But then you start to feel horrible. You start to feel this weird burning sensation to where the prickling feeling got to you, like closer to the neck and jawline. And you start to like feel like very intense nausea as you turn to the side, stumbling with your exhaustion that pretty much brings you to the ground completely. You vomit a combination of water and stomach fluid because you have not eaten anything yet. So you just are there on the ground and you start to convulse as well with muscle spasms. And the only thing that you kind of pay attention before you go through this weird in and out of consciousness is Scott's and Roy's and I think Harper's too screams as they find you convulsing on the ground. You have reached the end of this episode of Hotel Hell. Thank you very much for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, and be sure to catch the next installment of Hotel Hell, which premieres every Thursday. To connect with us, follow us on our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of Renette's project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corton, 
from the off-the-beaten path musical. The colloquial 7th edition module that we are playing, Hotel Hell, can be found in Peterson's Abominations. The module is owned by Keosin and was written by Sandy Peterson with Mike Mason. Thanks again for listening. All of us here at the Storytellers Tavern.